I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This week on Up to 90, we talk paying for sex. Ooh. I can't believe you made me say that word into a mic. Well, that's a process. You have to keep saying that word out loud. But it's wrong. Now, if you keep saying it out loud, more and more you're going to get used to it. Okay? Okay. Then you're going to be able to put your bra on before you put your clothes on because that is just taking up too much time in your day trying to put a bra on after you put your clothes on. And my corset? Well, that's for another day. Okay. Because don't make me step by step. Just yet. Step by step. Um, Imagine us getting on the karaoke singing that when we're hammered. I think that we'll have to bring room, one out. Uh, that could be a great <laughs> podcast. That could be an idea for our live show, which is in the pipeline, guys. We have a live mm, show in the pipeline. Yes. Bit of karaoke might be a good one. Before yeah. the guests come on, that they each have to do a favourite karaoke song. Well, I don't know if the guests would do, but we'll definitely do a bit of karaoke. We could do a bit of karaoke. Few nineties hits. What about well? Would it not be nice for people to be able to do their favourite? Do you know what, listener? Get in touch if you get have any touch. ideas, ideas. on the karaoke. Get, let's get the yeah. Let's get the ideas going now and see what see what all y'all think. Yeah, I love that idea of a karaoke yeah. night. Up to ninety, up to ninety, up to ninety with Emma and Julie. Um, so we've got a great episode now planned in a minute, but come here, you had a, t- you had a terrible day yesterday with the car. Jula, Jula, Jula. Right. Do you want to sit on my knee? Yeah. One of these days you're going to do it. <laughs> I know. Well, I just thought of you because you are not a stranger to car tribulations. No, no. Because you are, I think you've even mentioned it before. And we haven't. We probably haven't noticed it because it's just in our daily conversations. I'm constantly running out of petrol. So I had a gig down the country, and when I say down the country, I mean like five minutes down the road, but mm. not in Dublin. And I thought I'd be grand. I checked it on Google Maps how long it'll take. Left myself an extra half an hour. Leave. You smoke a bitch. Oh yeah, like I was even that language. I would never use that language. Left myself an extra half an hour. I was like, I basically it was as if I was wearing white jeans in a tampon ad. That's oh. how smug I was. 
That's the level of smugness. Fuck off, Elizabeth Hurley. No, you're white. Sorry, shoes. I'll say white hot pants smug. Ah, no, stop okay, it. That's too far. That's Kylie, too far. come on. Right. <laughs> Kylie, Jesus. She spent years just getting her arse out in videos, didn't she? Damn Great arse. Oh, wow. Wow, arse. Nobody knows the lyrics to that song she had about... Um, spinning around. <laughs> oh, but that that ass. I mean, I'm just going to share something, listeners. I discovered over the weekend that you can actually get cellulite on the front of your legs. What? Oh, welcome to my world. I didn't know that. <laughs> Neither did I. I try not to think about this I try not to look at things um, my body my body um, I love when we depressing. go all handmaid's tale I try not to are you gonna are you gonna take that bannet off or are you gonna leave it on for the whole podcast what's no, the story I'm leave it on for well, I'm gonna leave it on for a little one I'm not gonna go to the effort of putting it on not like take it off straight I'm away I'm very hot in my cape I'm very hot in my cape, but I'm leaving it on. It suits you, though. And you know what? This basket, this might sound controversial, but the basket they've given me is so handy. (laughs) Everything is there. No rummaging through the handbag. Lifesaver, isn't it? Thank God they thought of it. I don't know why we ever got rid of the basket, Buzz. I'm delighted with my basket. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) On that Stockholm Syndrome note... Sorry. Left yourself an extra half an hour. Yeah, and then I get in the car and like within two minutes it's telling me about these massive delays. I was like, oh, here. It was just, it was sweating. Obviously, I have a car where the air conditioning is like, it might as well be a squirrel whistling or something. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's absolutely nothing. Mm. And I had to pull in then to another stop to get petrol. I was panicked because you're always running out of petrol and breaking down. I lulled. I felt so triumphant when I heard you were running out of petrol. But I didn't run out of petrol. Oh, That's the sake. difference. And it was just a bit clusterfuck, the whole thing. It was grand once I got there and did the gig and whatever. But I just really, I, I felt like I had gotten a look into your daily life and struggles with petrol mm. and keeping it's your tough car, out there yeah keeping your car full of petrol but look I got through it and you got there and it was a great gig yeah it was good it was good times but uh, you know us Julie we're not equipped for this warm weather us it's little just, sweaty gingers it's not I, I look to be quite honest I just look so awful during the summer like the winter is my season that's my time to shine that's when I get the fur out that's when I get a bit clam. but your little Russian doll hat you're yeah. adorable summer but I, I dress better in the winter do. yeah totally I think and I again might be controversial but I think this country of trolls dresses better during the yes. winter well this is the first summer we've had since the 1970s so it's not our fault usually we just have a day or two I, we did have that really hot summer a few years ago, but I was actually having a nervous breakdown during it. So I spent oh. a lot of time indoors. So actually this weather has been lovely. It really, you know, really brings me back nostalgia lane. <laughs> how, how long did the nervous breakdown last? Probably too long, I have oh, to say. Is there a time limit on them when people kind of start getting a bit sick of them? I mean, I think I'd use the nervous break. To, I think by July, people were like, move it along, move it along. Right, is yeah, that how yeah, long yeah. people's people were sick with then? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and you know, it's it's terrible because I didn't realise the time the nervous breakdown, I was so wonderfully thin. So I, I because the weather's so hot and it hasn't been so hot since, dusted off the hot pants. Yes. Dusted off the hot pants, the play suits, all the rest, the romper, 
if you will. Mm-hmm. And none of it would go near me. Well, could you kind of muster up another nerve, like a mini nervous breakdown well, just to kind of get back in the gear? Said. Got a couple of weddings coming up. Right. One night slimming down. But, Do you want um, me to take the petrol out of your car? Oh, that always helps when you run out of petrol. Do you remember when I ran out on the, uh, was it the M7? was coming back from a gig in Tullamore. No, would it be the M7? N4. Oh, yeah. And I remember I had to get the lift with the truck drivers at 2am because my phone was dead. Nobody was stop. What are you to do? But no sure, I wouldn't, I wouldn't my stop. My phone was dead. I wouldn't stop. Nobody would stop for you that hour of night. No, if somebody was trying to, uh, there's no way I'd stop. Uh, I wouldn't blame you. Because I I'd be like, them. I'm getting robbed. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I thought, like, if I drove past and I thought, oh, God, that looked a bit dodge, I'd just ring the police. Great idea. Yeah. But there's no chance of me pulling over. But I did get a lift with these two lorry drivers. And I mean, that could have gone so bad. But they were very nice. Oh, were they? Thank God. But like, you know, I have to say you have that moment and you're like... They probably had just been dogging or something and they were exhausted. They were wrecked. Yeah. yeah. They were kind of sweaty. You know, they were just... Yeah. They were... They were... They were they one were, guy was smoking a fag. Yeah. Like they were definitely... They were chill. dogging I just... It felt like the carriage felt lighter, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Anyway, okay. This week, I'm loving this episode. Okay. Uh, This week, we're talking about... Paying for sex. It was bound bound to happen, guys. Handing over the dollar. To take a dabble in somebody else's pool. I think that was the euphemism we used for Arnie. Um, I'm going to go first this week. Is that okay? Of course. I'm dying to hear it. Um, I'm going to go Nutty Professor. Yes. And transsexual prostitute. Who am I talking about? Hmm. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. This is so a I gas one. I've heard a lot about him recent times, but do tell me. Um, so Eddie, as we all know, um, I suppose kind of sails quite close to the legal wind. Uh, mm. Has a lot of a uh, lot of children that he doesn't like to acknowledge until later That's on in life. And actually, hilariously, when I was um, when I was researching this podcast, I encountered back in the day in like ninety two. 92, he acknowledged in a court affidavit, quote, the existence of other children. How clinical is that? So we basically oh, referred wow. to their existence. Let me just get a round of applause going with one hand. I mean, honestly. Serious issues there. Then he had the baby with Mel B. Denied yeah. it from a hill to course. Um, I wonder, does, I, I don't think he's much involvement in the child's life at all, does he? I think zero. I think, yeah, well, I think that's pretty much what she said. Like, it's pretty much been zero, hasn't it? Um, team scary spice there, I feel. But yeah, no, oh, so he just so. also tax-wise um, isn't fond, wasn't, was never really fond of paying the taxes. So he's too, he's been too busy being in movies where he gives himself Every single part. Mm. Whereas if he kind of spread the wealth a bit mm. and gave a few other people a gig, he needs to. He could kind of actually go, God, yeah, that actually is my kid. Yeah. Just doesn't. Yeah. He needs to give himself the time. He needs to give himself the time. That's what he's doing. Yeah. He's just. Yeah. He's. Fi- so the existence of other children. I mean, honestly, like to be fair to Arnie. Like, you know, he, he at least called them by name. Like, you know yes. what I mean? I mean, come on. Like, that's step one in being a father. Like, name. remove the numbers. 
Okay, remove, remove the numbers of the children. One, two, three, four. Yes. Call the them names. by their names. Um, says parenting tips from somebody who is not a parent. Okay. Well, you can't Nothing get a tattoo. You can't get a tattoo of number one and people say, what's that for? That's my firstborn. You got to get the name. You got to get the name. Maybe a Roman numeral would be meeting in the middle. If you didn't want to fully commit to the name. No. I always, I do love meeting people with tattoos because I'm always like, oh God, like you make bad decisions too. Like I just instantly feel kindred spirit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. nice thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's lovely. Um. Okay. So Eddie Murphy. Now what was interesting with Eddie Murphy was he'd spent the 80s and this always, I'm always very suspect of these kind of people. Now admittedly different time, the penny dropped with Judy a little while back what the podcast was about. Yes. But the, you know, the we talk about the 90s on the podcast but I mean the 80s were a different time again but he did get in trouble quite often during the 80s and mm. early late 80s early 90s in regards to like a particular routine he did which people found very homophobic he did a couple yes. and uh like it was I mean, quite of his thing wasn't it to be controversial uh, to be controversial but it was a running theme the kind of homophobia and I'm always very suspect of homophobic people because I'm yes. like, okay, I think Why usually so this comes from a place of self-hatred. Like, you know what I mean? There's yes. something going on there. I always find like these people who are particularly vile about sections of the community, like it's usually because they, it's coming from a place of fear, isn't it really? Yes, there's something, so something he, going on there. He had a big, yeah, he had a run in a couple of times actually with a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, um, uh, well, with the gay community in general. But then May 1997, mm -hmm. May 2nd to be exact. We're getting to it now. 4.55 a.m. Late Toyota, enough. Late enough. Late yeah. enough. You could say early enough, whatever way you want to yes. look at it. Um, he is stopped in his Toyota Land Cruiser. He has been tailed for two miles. So he has been hanging out, having a drive-by in a known male prostitute area. Right. Um, and he uh was tailed. If this is gas, so basically, the the prostitution. Well, I sorry, I don't like using the word prostitute. The sex worker in question, um, was a transsexual American Samoan uh, uh lady by the name of now. This is quite a mouthful. Atazone oh. Sule Sumaga, uh, Kenneth. Oh wait, sorry, Atazone Sumaga Kenneth Zuli. Okay, um, absolutely butchered that. I'm a hundred percent sure. But uh, they went by. She went by the professional name of Shalimar. Shalimar. So she ident was born male, but identified as female and Shalimar, dressed. Shalimar. That's not a bad Isn't name. Nice? Now to give yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she identified as female, dressed as female. So she was seen getting into his Toyota Land Cruiser. Right. And the cops tailed them for two miles until they pulled them over. And said, went up to the window and said, listen here, what's going on? His right. defense, I was giving her a lift home. To quote him, I was being, this was his line throughout the debacle. I was just being a good Samaritan that he was giving her a lift home. So he, she was known to be a sex worker. So this poor, the poor thing, the poor girl. Well, I knew this already, but any time I hear this, I know. Line, it just... Do you like the delayed reaction? It just floors me every well, time. Well, it's just now bearing in mind now he so he th this poor this poor lady of course was known to the police as a sex worker. So yes. what really pissed me off researching this was she got done for being a sex worker. 
Really? He was waved off, not even brought down to the police station because the police said there was, quote, no illegal activity. But if there was no illegal activity, why was she arrested? Oh. Mm. It's bullshit, isn't so it? So he obviously didn't admit to anything going on. He said on he was just no giving her a lift home. He was being a good Samaritan. And she was arrested because she was a sex worker. It's fucking bullshit, isn't it? Sorry, so, I, ju- I, ju- I just knocked over a toy dinosaur. That's how mad I am. Oh but yeah, it is, it's one. so ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's just. Well, I mean, let's just like think of how this happened. He is cruising around in his car. He stops his car. Mm-hmm. And he offers her a lift. Mm-hmm. Where was he dropping her to? Dropping her home, apparently. And this was his story. So he said, so Paul Block was like and he was your guy. He was just time. sticking to it, was so he? So Block came out. I mean, could you have a more American, like, I'm just imagining this, like, you know, necklace, like, creep called Block, Paul Block. <laughs> so, anyway, so Paul Block came out and he said that mm. Eddie Murphy couldn't sleep. Okay, we've all been there. Right. Couldn't sleep. Probably had one coffee too many after five o'clock. Like that really, I'm lying yes. awake at night if I have one after mm. five. And he went down, he wanted to find his favorite newsstand, which just happened to be located in a male oh. prostitute area. And he claimed this beautiful woman of Hawaiian descent. But, well, he, it seemed like she was, uh, she was of, of, to him, she was of uh, Hawaiian descent, was standing on a street corner and he called her over and he said, listen, what are you doing here? Like, y- you shouldn't be here. And she said, you're Eddie Murphy. And then he said, get in, I'm dropping you home. So he was oh. totally innocent. Also claimed, and Block concurred, mm. that he was, again, just to quote, being a good Samaritan. And the really, now, at the time, obviously, we're talking all the late night chat shows, Saturday Night Live really got their money's worth on Ed, yeah, with Eddie so Murphy. No, because he was believing this, but he's so ridiculous. Story, but he? he then got really defensive, very cross, and was like, well, this is what I get for being a good Samaritan. This is the last time I'm a good Samaritan and help people. Also um, insisted that this was something he did. He often cruised prostitution areas. Not that he was looking for anyone, but he would stop and get out of his car and give somebody on the street $5,000 just so they went home. So Sorry. he was, we're talking the mother Teresa, Teresa of transsexual prostitutes and people dared to judge him. If he was having trouble sleeping... And he was up at that time. Why didn't he go and visit one of his young children? I'm sure there would have been some baby somewhere. But that'd be boring. Visiting the kids. What are they bringing to the table? Yes, um, true. But yeah, and he also, what again, I just think the self-hatred is so evident here. It is Okay, like the, li- listen to this for a, an interesting statement. So yes. he said in one tirade when he was asked about the debacle, by the way, um, Shalimar was released, her $15,000 uh, bond was paid by a tabloid if she uh, recounted the conversation in the car. So yes. she claimed it was just a bit of chit chat, this, that, or whatever. Uh, she did obviously go on uh, to make a porn. As we know by now, that's just what people did in the 90s. Yes. You went on and you made when a porn. Uh, became a 
the house, madame, all the rest. He then was asked about the incident a couple of years out after the fact. And he said, right. hey, I'm not sitting around depressed being like, OK, people think I'm not Eddie anymore. People think I'm not a man. I know I'm a man. How? I mean, nobody said anything about that, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. Says it oh, all really, doesn't edgy. it? Um, but look, I mean, when I say in his in his defense, okay, in his defense, there was a bit of a mob frenzy in the late 90s because, of course, we were a couple of years after Hugh Grant. We were six years after, do you remember Pee Wee Herman? Paul Rubens yes. was caught in the adult theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the time when people really liked... Uh, it's near, you know, they liked to put a celebrity scandal and particularly in the late 90s, they were very fond of outing stars. Uh, so, Paying you know, t- for stuff well, and doing stuff they not weren't even, meant to be. Even in terms of like, they were very fond of outing star- stars in terms of their sexuality. So in that environment, maybe you that can see why currency, he was uber actually, defensive. Wasn't it? it was. I think when a lot of people look back at the 90s, well, I would have, I'd look back at the 90s and I think of the English press and the paparazzi and whatever. Yeah. But it was going on in America as well yeah. in just a different way. There's, And as you said, there seemed to be a big thing around sexuality yeah. and big time. Big time. So, you know, like you, he would have her sympathy from that point of view. You know, like it's kind of, I mean, it, wa- it wasn't, it wasn't maybe a very, it wasn't a very progressively thinking time either. And in the book, Candace Watkins actually wrote a book in the closet with Eddie Murphy. Oh, in that book, she talked about how he was well known for visiting um, these areas. Right. So maybe in that's numerous why, cities. Maybe that's why people jumped on him because they knew about it and they were like, it was "Just co- say it, come on." It was a bit of an open secret, right? That okay. he was fond of visiting these areas. So you know, make of that what you will. And just to finish on, because I think it would be nice to finish with, like, forget Eddie, Mister, the existence of other children. Are we gonna play out a, a scene from Shrek? Would you love that? You'd love that, wouldn't you? Is that how we're gonna finish? Yeah. Well, that's why I brought my green dress. Thank you You're for noticing. You're going to have to change out of the cloak now. Um, we don't have time. Well, that's why I have it hanging up there. Look, I'll just change in front of you. I know this is what yeah, you wanted. Grand, grand. Um, I will say, Shal- poor Shalimar, like this is actually very sad. So within a oh, year, no. within a year, she was dead. She, uh, like quite, like the ignobility of it all. She was locked out of her apartment, uh, locked out of her apartment in L.A., and she was locked out in her, she was wearing a robe and her underwear. Right. And to get back into her apartment, oh uh, it was five floors up. She used her robe to try to climb up. She felt her death. Jeez. So quite tragic, really. Um, so she You better not move into an apartment because you and your keys and all that. But you know, I don't wear robes. I wear capes. True. So I'm covered. It's going to be fine. Um, but That's yeah, tragic though, isn't it, God? Just, you just think, God, what a life. You know, and he, it just really bugged me, the fact that they arrested her $15,000 bail. Thank God it was paid by a red top. I think it was the National Enquirer. Okay. But, you know, just think, fuck off. Seriously, lads. Tough, tough um, life. And dead within 11 months later in April, she died of the following year. There you go. Oh, wow. Now you. Thanks for that. Now you, Gemma. <laughs> right. We're sticking on paying for sex. Mm-hmm. But it's somebody who dealt with it a little bit differently. You did bring him up there. Hugh Grant. Oh, love us. Our little bumbling friend from England. So, 1995. June. Mm-hmm. 27th of June. 
Hugh is in Hollywood getting ready to promote Parenthood. Mm-hmm. That was the movie he was promoting at the time. What was that one again? It was basically him and Julianne Moore. Love her. Abs- you look so well, like her, by the way. We're ginger, so we would love her. So it was kind of just a, like a, you know, a romp kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry, not Parenthood. Nine months. It was about Parenthood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Parenthood was another movie. Didn't hear that one either, nine months. I would, pa- I'd see, I've only seen bits and bobs of it. Like Parenthood had Steve. Martin, Martin. that yeah. was an unreal film. Well, Nine Months was not that. Okay, fair um, enough. So he was out promoting it. And just, I suppose, to put his image in context or whatever, at the time, he would have been just fresh off four weddings mm-hmm. and a funeral fame. Mm-hmm. And obviously... Fuckity fuck. Yeah, the character he played, Classic. that was like very endearing and, you know, everyone was rooting for him. Blah, blah, blah. So he was, you know, he was doing well in his career. And obviously he was going out with um, Liz Hurley as well. Mm. So they were just like, you know, they had both come from kind of being struggling actors together they all in all they were together for 13 years so been through all that and then they both kind of hit the big time at the same time so they were this you know english couple couple making it in hollywood with these very british accents and the safety pin dress do you remember that one hubba 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 yeah she was fab yeah real english rose but with that sex appeal you know something saucy to her you know what i mean and seemed like quite a clever lady as well savvy any, any bits i've seen of her mm. so anyway june 27th june 1995 hugh is cruising around in his um white bmw straight away red flag Here i'm sorry he's either paying for sex or selling drugs white bmw do you know your man with the chow men in the cinema my ex used to bring his chinese to the cinema he used to bring yes. his dinner and his stuffware. what did he drive A white bmw not messing are you serious? There's a pattern. I feel like we're in a 90s thriller now where we're just putting all the pictures Sometimes on the wall. Sometimes I think of I'll just buy a white BMW just to piss off my neighbours so they think I'm selling drugs. That When I see that, that's what I think. Mm. Myself personally. Mm. So he's cruising around and he um, gets chatting to this lady who's working. Her name is Divine Brown. And he says to Divine... Her, her her actual name is Estella Marie Thompson. Shut up! You mean to tell me Divine Brown is not is not her christened name? No, but then there's another Divine Brown in America who's actually a singer. So it is actually a name, a real it's, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. It's a bit glam around these parts, mm. but no, there's real around Rathfarnham. Yeah. you wouldn't get many divines. No, but there's there's a few divine browns knocking around in other parts of the world. So he says to her, um, "How much? What are your rates?" And mm. divine tells him, for a it's breakdown. A, it's a hundred euro. It's a hundred euro. It's a hundred dollars to get a hotel room. And he doesn't have a hundred dollars. He has Shut sixty dollars. One of these lads, like, oh, I don't have any cash in me. I'll put <sighs> it on my card, and then you're like, oh, I'll, I'll get it. Sure, get me the next time. And you never see him again. One of them lads. <sighs> sixty dollars he had on him. Sixty dollars. Post fuckity fuck. <laughs> yes. So she says to him, she says, "Grand." She's just like. 
whatever. She goes, we'll she drive. says, I'll get this one. Yeah, she goes, <laughs> we'll drive around the back and I'll give you a mediocre blowjob. No, she doesn't say that, but she's like, I'll, she's basically going to give him a blowjob instead of the full whack. Okay. So she's clever enough, like, she's not going to, like, kind of, you know, oh, like, and she's not, he's not having sex with her. Mm. She's like, well, look. Did she know who he was? I don't think she did know who he was at the time. So basically on Howard Stern, mm. after the whole thing, she sp- he interviewed her. And you can imagine him like probing her and probing her. She said that she thought he was good looking, but she wasn't attracted to him. And I, I, from what she was saying about having been a prostitute, that she's not actually attracted to the men because the majority of them, they always have a woman or a wife or like, you know, whatever way you want to wow. phrase it. So she's like, mm-hmm, playing tricks, do it once, you'll do it again and all this. So she doesn't actually have any respect for the men. So even wow. though she can say he's good looking, he's better she looking She can than divorce him, herself. She's just like... You're all scumbags, basically. She's just like, yeah, what a dope or whatever. Yeah. So they get caught. The police catch them in the act. And she says that they're, you know, flashlight on the car through the window, tapping on the window. And he has to pull up his trousers. And Devine said that she was like, well, there's nothing going on here. Obviously, she was getting ready to say, take a leaf out of Eddie Murphy's book he's giving me a lift home or whatever I was just <laughs> leaning over I felt a little bit queasy I f- was feeling faint you know recovery position or whatever she says please come up Hugh starts spilling the beans straight off so bumbling Hugh gets it together for this the time when he could have kept stum and was like oh I gave her $60 blah, 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 like start panicked telling, yeah just divulged the whole thing start saying who he was blah 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 this is what she said and um, he was probably thinking I'm going down maximum security well Julie when I was in America with my mom when I was 14 I smoked at the time right mm. and I was desperate for a cigarette and I was afraid to go into a shop and try and buy them because I thought I'd be like arrested or something mm. not arrested like and you'll be put in prison but I was like if they see me trying to buy cigarettes something's gonna happen well it's it's the cops phenomenon and then I went out bad boy, bad boy. I finally what got a cigarette do? I robbed a cigarette off my mom and I went out on the road like I was like I'm going for a walk on my own and I had to, this was like total scheme to get the cigarette to get something to light the cigarette with to go and get to have the cigarette finally get to have the cigarette doesn't a cop car come down and Julie, I am pooing myself. I'm just like, this is how it ends. This is me. <laughs> Maximum security prison. Girls incarcerated. <laughs> Another Netflix recommendation. <laughs> I thought I was going down. But then he was just, he um, wanted to tell me that there had been a raccoon spotted in the area that had rabies. So I was like, Grant. Yeah. And he but left I think you there. But I think it was so Sharp desperate that all I had, bike. no, I, I got rid of the cigarette or something. And But all I had was a strike off a matchbox and a single match. Like it was so much planning. So I I got a couple of drags off the cigarette and then I had to throw it away because I thought I was like going to be on death row or something. Like That's imagine gas. the campaign at home and everything. But anyway, so I can kind of For relate. Emma. Imagine for <laughs> you. He probably thought he yeah he was going to be executed. Well, by they're the quite end of the week. scary, aren't they? I mean, even American security. 
We just don't have that here. So they once found a nectarine at the bottom of my handbag. <laughs> I was strip searched. Now, admittedly, you I I volunteered for that strip search. Yeah, yeah. I will say that. Have a little look there. Yeah. But so I can understand poor LU. So terribly sorry. He just he totally spilled the beans or whatever. So Sound basically, like what happened was because she had a few other little convictions or whatever. You know, she had been caught before or whatever. So Hugh had to do. Um, Hugh was ordered. He didn't attend course. He didn't ha- have to obviously, but he pleaded. Um, I think they both pleaded no contest or something. So he had to go and attend. Uh, I know. Let me just check this now. Sorry. She was fined $1,150 for parole violations. So this was to do with other bits and bobs mm. as well as this. And then she got 180 days in jail. And Hugh was fined $1,180 and placed on two years um, probation. Mm-hmm. And was ordered to complete an AIDS education program. So uh, speaking on it, Howard Stern, Devine said that she always used protection. She always used a condom. I That's believe it. Yeah. From the sounds so, of her. Sounds like a very... <clears throat> Nobody did too badly out of this anyway. Mm. Hugh's career is still, you know, going from strength to strength today. Have you has seen a, a very uh, a very English scandal? No. It's very good. Is I it? much prefer him in that kind of a role. That's Is that a recommendation. Where he's playing the Prime Minister. He's playing uh Jeremy Thorpe, yeah. Yeah. So that's and I could Is believe it kind of a step story. away from Hugh Grant? Well, it's more I think he's writings. playing a character because Liz Hurley said about him that her f- so they were together for thirteen years. She stayed with them after this. She was his ride or die bitch. Yeah. They only Thicker broke thin. up in 2000 mm-hmm. and she said and they're really good friends to he, this day he's godfather of a, her son yeah they're mm. really they're you know they're really close and whatever but she said her friends used to call him uh grumps grumple skillston like he was so grumpy and whatever i believe it so i think i just the roles that he plays now like this jeremy thorpe character he's like kind of highly intelligent but a bit of a cad mm. and whatever and i just think it's it, it just Seems to suit him better. So no one did badly from it. Um, Divine Brown, she went on to do loads of endorsements, promotions for porn channels, all this kind of stuff. She had a book. Millionaire, living in Beverly Hills mansion. She no. Stopped. Yeah. She gave up street street working, um, but she did do a good bit of porn and stuff like that. But she seemed to be quite savvy about the whole thing. And just, you know, went she on a tour. She like quite a clever lady. Yeah, she just like went on a tour around the, the world, basically just giving interviews about it, you know. And, and she milked that train. Yeah, and she got, you know, she got her money out of it. Then Hugh, obviously, as I said, his career was grand. Um, Liz Hurley, she didn't speak about it until about two months after. And she just felt like, she said she felt like she'd been shot. Hugh's big moment was he went, so he dealt with it in a completely different way to Eddie Murphy he went on Jay Leno and Jay Leno was a winner because got huge ratings mm. that he was going to be on the show I remember him being on this yes yeah, so basically the gist of it was that he just said like because there, there was a bit of laughing at the start of the interview and whatever you know because he he was asking him about it and he was like yes mm, and everyone's kind of laughing at the awkwardness of it and he's like you know I he basically just said I did you know I did a bad thing mm. and you know I made a bad decision or whatever. And so 
and he said sorry he there was a newspaper statement that he did actually apologize but it was more like he wasn't apologizing to the public it was like he was apologizing to his family and his girlfriend and that kind of thing and then when he's asked about it in like kind of the public context he was like he's basically he was just like yeah i made us i did something stupid like mm. whatever now divine said that definitely wasn't his first time paying for sex because she said she could t- you can tell and i would tr- i would trust divine and the fact that he tried to barter her <laughs> only his 60 dollars on him like fuck off yeah Jack so on. she said she said that it wasn't his first time and she did make comments about his member at first she was like oh yeah it was grand like I'm not going to build him up, but I'm not going to put him down. And then she was kind of put him down. But I think that was just for the sake of the interview to create a bit of drama. She's probably like, oh, yeah. this probably give me a bit of, you know, a bit of um, longevity or, you know, like kind of the, oh, you know, all the gray mm. area. She made a porno about the whole thing as well. Reenacted it. Why with do an they English... always do porn, Emma? But they reenacted it. Oh, so she said it was stop. as close as possible to the actual original event, except it didn't have the real Hugh Grant. But they got a guy to do a British accent. So one of the things... Wow, of, where did they find that guy? It's, you should have a look at some of the clips. It's worth a little go. But um, in the, the week before, there was this guy who had interviewed him for Entertainment Weekly magazine. Mm-hmm. So this was like for the promo for nine months. Mm-hmm. And he was playing like the very English character and he was driving this guy around mm-hmm. Beverly Hills in the white BMW. So he was like the last passenger in that car. <laughs> and he was telling them he was playing like the very British character. And he was like, oh, he dreamed about having tea with the Queen. Then okay, a few days later, dream. that was his dream. Then a few days later, he told Divine Brown his dream was to sleep with a black woman. <gasps> he did not say that to her. He did. <sighs> you get one dream, Hugh. So which is it, Hugh? So I think now Hugh is more living his life by I dream of sleeping with a black woman rather than dreaming of having tea with the Queen. I think he's being more true to himself now. Something tells me, yeah, the former. Yeah, but there's no will. She's no ill will to him. He's never said anything bad but about it, her. actually, I mean, it worked did everybody to her well. benefit. He did say, and I'll finish on this, he did say that he had an agent at the time when he spoke about it recently, you know, a bit of distance on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the agent that he had at the time, he said it was a very good agent, like really well connected, hard working, all that. But he was super positive. So everything was always like fantastic. This is wonderful. This is marvelous. And he rang him to tell him about what had happened. And he was like, "Oh, I've just been arrested by the police here in Hollywood. Um, I'm with a prost. I was with a prostitute." And he's like, "Is that bad?" And he just said to him, the, uh, "It's I not actually... great." And he said that was the most negative. And he knew when he said that he was like, "Oh, I'm cutting is myself into a little pickle here." <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. But I will say, I think what saved him was that he was contrite. Well, I think just people look back at Full that Full disclosure, say, you know, yeah. I think Eddie Murphy, I think people continue to slag him off and he continued to be the butt the, of the jokes because there was, the, there was just we the ridiculousness li- of it We need all. a bit of transparency. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And I think it makes you less slagable if you're like, yeah, I did fuck up. Yeah. 
That's it. As against, I was just looking for my favourite paper and I was being a good Samaritan. One thing I forgot to say actually about Eddie Murphy, oh, yes, um, to leave it on this note maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did say, you know, we obviously he was doing the whole like, I was just trying to do a good deed. That's the last time I'm trying to help people, this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think this statement kind of negates that because he did make a joke and say, well, I'm obsessive compulsive disorder when it comes to cleaning. I'm obsessive about it. Believe me. I wiped the handle. I wiped down the handle and the door of my car after that person left it. God. Imagine saying that about another human being. But like if that comments as so you clean down all I all I, that was going through my head was serial killer. Yeah. I think I think wiped for it sex down the tip of the iceberg here. <laughs> so look, Eddie Murphy's a murderer. Uh no, he's no. not. We can't no. say that. No. No. Or can we? <laughs> I just love the way he said that in a real cutesy voice go and have a look at Hugh Grant's uh, mugshots with Divine Brown and Divine Brown's mugshots actually don't do her justice she's a very good looking woman but who I don't think it was the 90s I think people hadn't sussed out how to take a good mugshot yes yet. and that UV mugshot lighting doesn't do anyone any favours yeah I think I think people started to take courses in Hollywood, like Lindsay, people like that, they were the teen mom girls. They were like, "How hey, look? Let's just get this together. How do we take?" I need to shot? be contoured at all times yeah. because who people knows? People are more aware now. Different times. So um, yeah. why do we never do mug shots over here? What's the story? Don't the camera in the guard station. Somebody's lost. I'd say somebody a guard somebody on their iPhone probably took takes a photo of you. A somebody selfie. took it home. Michal wanted to take it for the weekend because it was his cousin's wedding. And Michal Got lost. The tri- lost the tripod. Lost the tripod yeah, and he was jarred. And this it's, not, it's not that he's bad. It's just, you know, he's young. He's just chill. He's just young. But we ne- we didn't replace the camera, so that was the end of that. Um, so listen, if you know anything about this missing camera, please get in touch with us on Up to 90, Insta, Tinder, Bumble, yeah. Facebook, Twitter. Twitter, all the rest. Uh, thank you so much, listener, for listening once yeah. again. Oh, I have to give a shout out before we go. Yes. I have to give a shout out to Dave, who gave, sent us a lovely tweet. Um, I met him in the International a couple of weeks back. Um, very nice guy. Yeah. Uh really great great at the laughing which always helps at the mm. comedy gigs we like when they laugh don't we emma oh, and he came yeah. up to me after and i gave him the name of the podcast and fair play to me went off he listened to it and he said that he's uh really enjoying it he's listened to all eight episodes um so thank you so much dave you're great and by the way dave we loved the pink shirt the pink oh, shirt is yes. winning. Oh, yeah yes. great really nice pink shirt nice choice yeah and look, Dave, sorry now for giving you a shout out on the paying for sex episode, but we promise there is no correlation. OK, it's just how it fell. And I'm a woman of my word. Anyway, so on that note, kids. Like that you drew attention to the episode now. I no, feel. OK. It's, Dave, I heard Dave about it. It's legit. Dave has a sense of humour. Dave will understand. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Dave does not pay for sex. I've seen this pink shirt. It doesn't happen. OK. Okay, right. Um, so if Dave pops up on your Tinder, definitely you, give him a swipe. He's he's super sound, um, a really nice guy. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and join us next week where we'll be doing um, a whole episode about Dave. <laughs> that is so creepy, <laughs> so creepy. Okay, but we will. Okay, bye bye. Bye. 
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.